0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit the Live. Thank you for joining.
1: What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one and only Miss Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And the b- 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 birthday boy JD Rogers. What? Dun, uh, dun 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 yes. dun. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <Oops>. Happy birthday, <laughs> man. Thank you. 27. Are you living out your birthday dream recording this podcast right I now? I am. There's no place I'd rather be. I'm, I do not believe used that. from
2: the porch. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> All right. We are talking about birthday gifts. Uh, oh, no, that's that, not what we're What talking. did you what get are, me,
2: David? Oh, yeah. I wait till after this show. What are we talking about? <laughs> yes. Today we are talking about the concept of people pleasing, Yep, yeah. which is a very common issue that a lot of people... Deal with. I know our friends in Dallas. I know Dallas is just, it's,
1: it's a, a bunch of people pleasers.
2: Of people pleasing. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, anywhere in the world, everyone deals with it. So, David, why don't you go ahead and start off by defining, though, what is a people pleaser? This
1: podcast is actually my birthday gift to you, JD, because. Uh, Thank you. As I talked with your community, family, and friends, they said the biggest <laughs> gift you could give us would be JD having freedom from people pleasing. Honestly, yes. <laughs> Thank you, and you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> no, people pleasing. People pleasing is not a. Uh, it's not exactly a biblical term, but there are definitely scriptures that would inform the biblical or the practice of it, which is um, living and operating. In order to please people, it's like a motivation that drives the decisions that I make, the words that I say, the the ways that I act to get approval from other people through that. Or the decisions that I, uh, or the things that I won't do are rooted in my uh, fear and uh, and unwillingness to act because I'm afraid of what people will think. That'd be how I define it. What what would y'all say?
2: You know, it's funny you just said that, David. Let's be real with the audience. As you were saying that, I was taking a video of David speaking, and he's wearing right now this, like, what looks to be like a shaw. It is a shaw. It's a cloak. And as I'm videoing... It's 12 degrees in here. As he's talking about not caring what people think, he saw the video (laughs) and rips off the shaw because he didn't want people to see him.
1: Context, bro.
2: In the shaw.
1: It's an illustration, Uh, and you missed it.
2: (laughs) That would
1: be how I would define it. Wow. uh, That was
2: beautiful. Way to to do that. You're welcome. So, okay. So that's how you define it. But why do you think people struggle with people pleasing? Like, is it wrong to want to please people? I mean, isn't that a form of loving them? Uh, Isn't that a form of putting others first?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think uh, here's the irony about the term people pleasing the irony is it really is not about pleasing others. It's about pleasing yourself and that you're trying to make sure that the identity that you have, like you you want to control what other people think about you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the irony behind it is it really does connect to, uh, it's really a, a, a bad term. It's, it's like self-pleasing so mm. because people-pleasing is really anchored in, I want to control what you perceive about me because I want to be perceived some certain way. I'm not just here to care for and to serve. If that was the heart posture behind it, then it would be like, man, I don't care what you think about me. I'm not here to define or control or to shape how you think about me. I'm here as a follower of Jesus to serve and to care about you. And the only person that I'm most concerned about is uh, is uh, God, uh, is living for an audience of one, so to speak, to use the Christian cliche there, but yeah. is operating underneath what Galatians chapter one, verse 10, a verse maybe you guys are familiar with before. Anyone, anyone know what that verse is? Off
2: the top of your head? I bet Laura does. Give it so, to him, yeah. Laura. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like when you get put on the spot and you lose everything yeah. that you uh-huh. <laughs> the, yeah.
1: Don't um, worry though. Don't don't people please uh, the audience uh, right I know, now. I
0: know. You okay. Am I now living for the approval of man or of God? Oh. If I was still living for the approval of man, I yes. would not be a servant of God. God.
1: Preach, wow. J D. Yep. He talking to you, bro. <laughs> yeah. So Paul says hey, that as we navigate, you know, the Christian life, if we live underneath the uh, purpose of just pleasing people, we simultaneously will stop to be a servant or a pleaser of God. And he says in that verse, man, I can't be a servant of God and a servant of man. So I'm going to have to choose. So as believers, the the operating principle that should go behind our actions, our decisions is what would Jesus have me do here? Not what do people think about me or I'm afraid of what they're going to think about me. It's really an idolatry of uh, of worshiping uh, your own image and your protection of that image and your protection of what other people think about you as it relates to how you want to be thought about. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so there's there's um, there's an idolatry of self, almost a worship of self behind it, which ironically gets cloaked in like pleasing other people.
0: I bet people are listening right now and thinking like, how do I know if I'm a people pleaser? So what are some practical or what are some examples that you would give of These are decisions you would make out of people pleasing or these are things that you are doing that you probably don't even realize you're doing them to please somebody else in an unhealthy way.
2: Like you might be a people pleaser if. If. Yeah, I I think it's not
1: even you might be a people pleaser. It's how are you a people pleaser? Because we're all people pleasers. We all Mm. at times operate and we all care about what people think about us. We all care about being perceived in a certain way or not coming off in a wrong way. And that happens at work, happens in dating relationships. Oh, dude, you talk about people-pleasing. When you're starting to date somebody, that's all that essentially dating is, is Mm. you're trying to be perceived and manage how they perceive you. And uh, when you talk about family and I'm unwilling to be perceived a certain way by my parents or by friends or by, you know, people around. So it's constantly going on. Instagram could just be called people pleasing Graham. (laughs) <laughs> because that's essentially what most people do Good on there. David. Is there. Uh, am I right, though? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It is all about image projection for everybody. Uh, and social media has only made this worse. And everybody cares about how they're perceived. Even the guy who says they don't care about Instagram wants to be perceived as a guy who doesn't care about Instagram. Exactly. That is so true. Does that make sense? So true. It's you like, like,
0: think you're more holy if you're on social media less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or just
1: like the, the, the image management that all of us do where we try to be perceived a certain way, even if it's... Even if it's trying to be perceived as a guy who doesn't care how I'm perceived. Boom.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Man. So there's a little bit of like managing your own image. And then I think there's also a little bit of um, I just don't want to ruffle any feathers. So for instance. um,
1: Which is which is managing your image. Tell me how. So I'm saying everybody, I think as Christians, like just real talk, the question is, is not if I am, it's how am I and how do I get a grip on that and how do I make sure that I'm aware of the ways that I'm tempted to people please and, um, and that I first and foremost, that I can identify it and then be like, man, I, I need to continue to surrender, have God take ground in that area of my life because there's clearly part of me that wants to be perceived as successful in my job mm-hmm. or as attractive to other people or as you know, confident or as whatever, you know, we like try to put out an image there. So people pleasing, even the person who's, I'm sorry, ruffling feathers, you mentioned, how could that be a a form of image management? I don't want to be perceived as the person who ruffles feathers. Like I'm concerned, I don't, and a lot of times, you know, for all the Enneagram nines out there who are the um, peacemakers, Mm -hmm. uh, they are saying, um, I don't want to, I, I don't like when people ruffle feathers. So I don't want to be the type of person who ruffles feathers. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's still a, a management. And the reason that's a bad goal for Christians is there's times where quote unquote, ruffling feathers is a loving thing to do yeah. that um, you're called to uh, speak the truth to one another in love. So I'd lovingly tell the truth, even when it's hard. Proverbs 14 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And so a, a faithful friend at times, quote unquote, ruffles feathers or is willing to speak the truth even if it's not popular, even if they won't like it, even if it's a hard thing to hear
2: because I, I care about them. So so, so it I, sounds like what you're saying is there's like two ways to know. Uh, you might be a people pleaser if you have a really hard time being honest yeah. about yourself and what you think of others. And then you might be a people pleaser if you run from any opportunity of like conflict, uh, any opportunity to say what you really think You're constantly managing what you truly think to make sure that you don't or that you, yeah, you don't displease the other person involved. Yeah. And so I think the human
1: heart is a factory for for desiring appreciation and affection mm -hmm. from other people. Mm -hmm. And we all gravitate towards people that make us feel liked like that just happens in neutral, that our friendships are anchored around that. Um, It's just a natural part of of human wiring and it can be a really unhealthy thing Mm -hmm. inside of our lives if we're not willing to be honest, if it it leads to codependency on somebody because I'm like, man, I'm just gonna continue. Uh, I'm afraid that if I say this, they'll leave me. I'm afraid that if I say this, then they won't like me anymore. I'm afraid that if I do this, like I'm gonna change my actions in order to make sure this relationship doesn't end And there's, like, a codependency that can be connected to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. In a dating context. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about this topic and the dangers of people pleasing and why it's such a big deal. Because on the surface, it can seem like, oh, it's fine. That person um, always becomes the life of the party because they know that the party needs to have some life to it. So they're becoming that person. Yeah. I started thinking about the like terrible decisions I've made and how many of them are actually related to people pleasing. So I'm about to get real, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. In college, I got a DUI and uh, spent the night in some random jail in Florida for my friend's twenty first birthday. It was, uh, you know, it was what it was. And then thinking back, I realized the only reason I drove that night. Obviously there was drunkenness and other sin that led to that decision. But the reason I drove that night is because I was scared of disappointing somebody who had like, no matter, I'd pushed back, you know, three or four times and then they came back and like, you're essentially a bad friend if you don't do this. Mm. Yeah. And I think that for the people listening, there are a lot of decisions that you make out of similar to me and, and to like all of us that, that we make out of, I, um, I feel obligated to do this for this person or mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you guys speak into that. Yeah.
2: I've had, I can count so many times where I've done something simply to please someone else. And I know you talking about dating. I think a lot of times, like when you go on dates with someone, it can be really easy to fall into that trap of here's what's crazy. The whole point of dating is to get to know someone. But what we do then is we throw on this, like, best image of ourselves to please that person. And so therefore you're actually not even...
0: Letting them get reach, to know you. Yeah, reaching yeah. the
2: point. And then yeah. they start to, you then have to come back around and fix a lot of things because now they're starting to see in the dating, you start, let's say you start dating, like boyfriend, girlfriend, exclusive. They start seeing things. It's like, wait, I haven't seen any of this. Where is this coming from? And it's yeah. because we were trying to people please throughout the entire process of winning them over. And now that we've like made the commitment,
0: you can be yourself yourself.
2: And then they're like, oh, wait, I didn't sign up for this. And (laughs) so it's just so we have to be careful. And it sounds like what we're saying is there's a weird uh, correlation in our action of people pleasing that comes with uh, a idolatry in controlling perceptions of Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, I mean I think people
1: pleasing is the reason why people in a dating relationship cross physical boundaries because they're afraid if I don't, then they'll break up with me. Mm-hmm. They're all also the reason why after they do that, they don't confess to their community group because they're afraid that they're what their community group is going to yep. think about them. It's also the reason why guys won't ask girls out because they're afraid of rejection, mm-hmm. which is people pleasing. Yeah. I mean it, it when you begin to think about it, it is everywhere. And yet as a Christian, the question that you have like this could be the answer to the podcast. If you don't hear anything else, the question that all of us have to begin to ask is How did my actions today or how can I live today to please you, Lord? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to please everybody. In fact, if I try to please everybody, I'm going to end up living a life that is nothing but disappointment because inevitably people are going to be disappointed in my actions. So I want to seek to please you, Lord. Mm. I think where it becomes interesting and where you really have to um, have to have a death grip on that question. Like at the end of the day, I'm here to do what is most Honoring to God, that's what the word glorify God says. So in 1 Corinthians 10 31, 1 Corinthians six, when it says that um, whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, sleep, hang out, whatever it is, do everything to the glory of God, which means do everything in order to bring more honor to God. That's the word glorify, that's what that means. Bring honor to the name of God. So as we live our life, whether or not I have a drink of alcohol, whether or not I ask her on a date, whether or not I respond to the person at my work uh, and their idea should all be underneath the banner of, I wanna live a life that brings the most possible honor to God. Mm. And that should be the guiding principle behind our decisions. The reason I said it becomes interesting is when you think about the, um, there's a place in scripture, Romans chapter 14 and first Corinthians 14, where it talks about um, the weaker brother it talks about where Paul says, and he uses the reason it's, it's a weird analogy, he talks about meat sacrificed to idols, which is. is
0: well, we're clearly all doing that. Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> we need help. I, I had
1: my breakfast this morning was bacon sacrificed yeah. to, you know. Uh, no, in that time, there were people who, you know, it was a pagan society, which just means a bunch of like people worshiping Zeus and Aphrodite and, yeah. you know, Hades, a bunch of like gods that. Um, you know are now in disney movies but at the time people uh worshiped and there would be uh Christians didn't but those gods would involve uh sacrifices made through they'd take a lamb they'd go down they'd cut and they'd sacrifice and offer something to Zeus then people would sell that meat in the in the marketplace does that make sense y'all yep. me? so yeah. this is the context for which Paul says like hey meat mm-hmm. sacrifice to idols and as it related to, uh, so that lamb would be slaughtered, sacrificed to Zeus, as Christians were like, hey, there is no Zeus. All that they did was kill a lamb and now they're selling barbecue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Christians had a debate in a split over... Is it okay to eat that meat? Like if I eat the barbecue, they're selling at the market, but I know it may have been sacrificed to Zeus you know, two days ago. Is that okay or is it not okay? And some Christians were like, no, that's definitely not okay. And then some Christians were like, no, there's no such thing as Zeus. It's a great deal. We're eating the lamb chops. And Paul shows up and he says, hey, this is an issue where, yes, there is no Zeus. Meat is meat. That's just fine. But you should not use your freedom— in a way that's going to discourage your fellow brother and sisters in Christ. So, if you eating that lamb chop is going to really discourage them, you should not do that. Not because you're afraid of what they're going to think about you, but because you being unloving and unconsiderate to another person through your actions is not most honoring to God. Mm-hmm. So he would say me, he literally talks about like, Hey, I like a good steak. I like, you know, I like some good barbecue, but if someone around me is going to be discouraged or stumbling block is the word that he uses, then I'm not going to do that in front of them. Not because I'm afraid of what they're going to think or I'm living to please them, but because I live to please God and what is most honoring to God is going to be for me to be considerate out of Philippians two, which tells us to not do anything out of selfish ambition, but with everything, consider the needs of others, more considered. Uh, more important than ourselves. And so there are times where as a um, deference or submission to one another out of reverence for Christ to use, man, that's such churchy language, but just basically out of the fact that like, Hey, I'm a God follower and I live to please Jesus. And that's the aim principle of my life. I'm going to be thoughtful and how my actions could impact someone else and discredit or not honor or dishonor. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jesus in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that's
0: a really, it's a, I mean, it's a vital difference and that takes a lot of searching your heart. So you're saying, Hey, you can do the same action and one can be out of a motive to please a person and make them like you. Yeah. And another can be like, no, I genuinely want to please God. He loves you. He sees you. He values you as a person. And therefore I'm going to either restrict something or do an action to please God.
2: hundred percent. And so where I think this could be uh, someone like me who battles making the gospel Mm works-based. I think where this can get scary is I can take this, like God, all I want to do is please you. I just want to please you. I want to please you. Pleasing man looks like a lot of works. It like, so it's like, let's say if I'm just thinking, I'm going to shift the motive from how I please man to now making it all about how I please God. I don't think those are the two. I don't think those are the same things. Mm -hmm. I think truly to please God looks different than it would have looked like to please my boss or to please my friends. And so what would you say to the person? Like, what does it look like to live a life that's not trying to earn something from God, but to please him?
0: First, will you say with that, like how you please God? Because even works based salvation, I think that could be confusing.
1: Yeah. Um, So Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It also says in Hebrews, anything that is not Um, that doesn't come from faith is sin, which is pretty crazy. We don't have Mm -hmm. to go into all of that, but uh, what pleases God, um, there's a lot of things, uh, but in a life that's marked by faith and trust, faith is another word for trust or um, believes and a life that is marked by trusting in who God is and who who he says, and, and I live underneath that. I walk by faith that I live my life in light of the faith that I have, the relationship that I have with God that is ultimately what allows us to do anything that is pleasing to God. And it is a thing that, that is required to live a life that's pleasing to God. So to the person who would say, well, I just shifted my focus from pleasing other people. And now everything that I do is devoted to pleasing God. If they do it from a mindset of that making them worthy of mm-hmm. a relationship with God, that's a false way to operate. If they do it from a, hey, I live ultimately because you know I, I use money and I give generously um, and I do so knowing I'm gonna have a reward in heaven and I know it pleases my heavenly father, who's a generous giver. That's an appropriate way to do it. If I mm-hmm. give generously uh, because I'm like, this earns my spot in heaven, that is, a, that is just as much idolatry of uh, saying, you know, I get to control God by doing good things. I get to control God by my actions and I'm gonna control, it's the same thing that, that we do with people in people-pleasing where I'm gonna control how they think about me by the way that I act. Mm -hmm. And both of those are messed up perspectives. Mm -hmm. So if you operate underneath, I have to please God in order to have a relationship with him. um, I think you're gonna set yourself up for depression, disappointment, and just a life that is not filled with uh, the peace that he wants you to have. But if you operate out of like, man, hey, God is fully, um, I will never, he will never love me more and he could never love me less because of what Jesus did on the cross that's what has allowed me to have eternal life. That's what made me adopted son of God. And now, I, you know, because I love him, I'm going to operate underneath that. That it, That's an appropriate response. It's it really, to use Paul's adoption analogy that he uses in Galatians 4, he uses it throughout scriptures, Ephesians 1, um, where he says that we've been adopted in the family of God. Just like my son, when he was adopted, or not, not adopted, my son, as a child of mine, there's nothing he could do that would make him no longer a part of my family. He will mm-hmm. always be my child. His actions, whether they're good or bad, and often they are not great for a four-year-old, are not gonna <laughs> determine whether or not he is a part of my family. Mm-hmm. He is my child. And now when he does operate like, man, my father loves me and I'm gonna operate, uh, I'm gonna do what I know he's asked me to do. I'm not gonna hit my sister. I'm not gonna you know, yell in the middle of the night. I'm not gonna uh, you know, disobey mom. I know that all of that's pleasing to my heavenly father. That's an appropriate thing. But if he operates out of a like, well, if I don't do this, I know that if I do hit my sister, I'll no longer be a part of the family. That's that's just a messed up. It's not true. And it's, it's a poor way to have a relationship with a father. And the same thing would be true for us as fathers of God. So point being, if you wrap this whole thing up, as we go through life, the question that we should be asking, whether you consider taking her on a date, whether you consider breaking up the relationship, whether you consider presenting that idea at your workplace, whether you move out with your uh, roommate or you move in with your roommate or uh, whatever you're doing should be the question of, in this situation, what is the most honoring thing to God? What's the most honoring action? What would bring God the most honor in this action? Should I stay in the relationship or not? Which one would bring more honor to God? And that's not always easily determined or or discerned. But if you begin to ask that question, it becomes easier and easier over time to go like, this is what I think. And and at least, hey, at the end of the day, um, maybe there was something I could, maybe I shouldn't have taken her on a date or maybe I should have asked her on a date. But in that moment, what directed me to do the thing that I did was I asked the question, what is going to be most honoring to God? In this moment, if you ask that question, you're going to be set up for as much success as it relates to people pleasing as I think you can.
2: Good stuff.
0: Really good. I think for anyone listening who uh, is honestly kind of going through the motions of Christianity because you're trying to please your parents or please a significant other who's super into the faith. Um I think from all of us and anyone else chime in but we would say even that is like one of the most liberating things you can probably do is just get honest with yourself and be like I don't actually believe this mm-hmm. and 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 just be real.
1: It yeah. it kept people from following Jesus then. And it will keep people from following Jesus now. Jesus even said like the Pharisees, they love the praise of men more than they love the praise of God. Mm-hmm. And to live a life that is uh, increasingly um Dying to the addiction that all of us have of people pleasing. It involves asking the question, what is going to bring the most honor to God in this situation? And that's what I'm going to do. So that's it from us. If you have questions, as always, email us at infotheporch.live. At and we'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch.